Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Okay, here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Well, in this week's episode, we continue our conversation with Dr. Roy Baumeister. He's the author of the book, Is There Anything Good About Men? Enjoy. Hmm. And you mentioned just a moment ago about the importance for reward for men, it seems. Men will do these crazy, risky things to... Uh, um, gain respect or admiration or recognition from larger society. Uh, but it seems like uh, our society, some people would say, that uh, we don't value or we, we want to diminish risk and we shouldn't glorify things like um, violence or going off uh, and sailing across the world uh, or whatever these things that people do nowadays. I mean, if you take away that reward uh, for risk, I mean, are men going to be, I mean, is that kind of kills the motivation for men? I don't think it's uh, that society is glorifying risk, per se. It's just that some jobs require risk. When there's a burning building, somebody has to uh, go into it and try to save the people into it. Somebody has to stand up and try to put out the fire. And uh, all these, these risks are, uh, are dangerous. When there are uh, criminals, uh, you have to engage in a shootout with them. Well, there's some risk there, but somebody has to do it. When it's a matter of uh, driving trucks all night or uh, climbing... Uh, up into high and dangerous places to uh, to fix things that are damaged. Well, somebody has to do these things, uh, and they contain some risk. They're just it's not going to be possible to eliminate uh, fatal risk uh, from our society. And uh, um, and so, uh, in general, uh, society sees that uh, those jobs should be done by men. To some extent, we open them up for women, but women aren't aren't as interested in those jobs either, even though. Uh, they might pay a little more. Women work indoors much more than men. Uh, women work other sorts of jobs that are are safer and contain less physical risk. Uh, it's, it's a choice. It's a trade-off uh, that people make. But uh, I, I didn't mean to suggest that society is encouraging people to do crazy things uh, as stunts. Uh, occasionally that happens. But uh, there are simply some jobs that inevitably uh, come with some degree of danger with them. Hmm. Well, I, I remember one part, and I think this is what I was trying to get to, and I think I just misspoke. Um, we talked about uh, the motivation for boys in schools, uh, and that you we started seeing this decline when the whole self-esteem movement started picking up, and everyone was given high grades. Um, everyone's, you know, they, they're encouraging, they give rewards to anybody, no matter, even if everyone didn't do very well. And I think you might have suggested somewhere in your book that you know, if for boys or for men, that if, if no one can fail, then 
um, there's no risk involved or, you know, everyone's treated the same, then there's really no point because, you know, you can't earn that glory, I guess, is I think what you mentioned. Yeah, I think, uh, I, th- I think there is a difference. I think the self-esteem movement is, is something that's probably better for girls uh, than for boys. Um, a little more encouragement and reassurance um, maybe uh, goes down well with the girls. And uh, great inflation and things like that, everybody getting an A. Well, if you get an A with everybody else getting an A, in a sense, perhaps that's more okay with the girl then the the boy there's still some striving for greatness some some desire more to be the one and this goes back to uh biological differences again you know we're descended from twice as many women as men are the ancestors of the today's human race twice as many women as men there uh which meant that in order to pass along your genes, we're descended from the people who successfully passed on their genes. The man, much more than the woman, had to stand out, had to fight his way to the top, had to dominate some hierarchy. So competing against other men to be uh, one of the, the few elite and winners, that's more deeply rooted in the male than in the female psyche. Our schools, uh, we know the boys are not doing as well as uh, girls uh, these days. There's much uh, worrying about what that means and uh, what the prognosis is. We have changed, certainly, our schools in, in many ways uh, with the best of intentions. I think uh, there was a time we felt that uh, uh, the schools were failing girls and they needed to do more to uh, take care of girls. But there are very strong, outspoken voices all over looking out for the interests of girls. There's pretty much nobody looking out for the interests of boys. Uh, and so when a school has a decision to make, we decided some time ago that we're going to treat boys and girls the same, and then we have to decide, well, should we do what's best for the girls or what's best for the boys? Well, to do what's best for the boys would be seen as sexist and would provoke an outcry. To do what's best for the girls seems more appropriate and fine. And so over and over again, the schools and the administrators, who, again, are mostly women, make that decision, and uh, everyone goes along with it. And... The, the upshot is we've gotten to where we are essentially raising boys like girls, which is probably not the best thing for bringing out the best in the boys. Here, you know, issues are, are speculation. Here I, I go beyond what's, what's the solid factual knowledge, and I you know, have to do a little bit of guesswork. But uh, with things like the, the self-esteem movement being very f- better for girls, well, we, we know girls have very slightly lower self-esteem than boys. And especially, say, in the teen years, the boys tend to be more uh, egotistical and, and narcissistic. Probably nature's way of preparing the young male for the rather challenging competition uh, that it's had to take uh, in, in competing and trying to get to be the top, you know, back in our, our biological heritage, uh, which the girl uh, did not so much have to do. Uh, and so confidence to, uh, to fight and compete uh, was probably more necessary. It's what we don't like about the male ego, but it, it probably had a valid biological function but now to bolster them that and tell young men and reassure their self-esteem that sort of ends up cultivating this narcissism that much more which i think is a a a destructive trait and and not conducive the cultures that have done best at producing uh, successful crops of men have tended to instill humility instead in the young men to uh, uh, try to puncture their egotistical balloon and bring them down to earth and say, you've got to learn your place and earn your position and um, achieve and accomplish and, and fight your way to the top and prove yourself rather than have respect just given to you for, for being there. And so when we instead just give them respect and, and everything, then 
then I think that that doesn't uh, do what's best for the young male psyche. We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. And now back to the show. So you talk about marriage and sex in your book, and one of the issues you discuss is why so many younger men today are putting off marriage longer and longer. Um, are men trying to stay in eternal adolescence, or is there something else going on here? I think there are several things going on. Uh, the eternal adolescence um, argument is perhaps a reproach or a, a ploy or a way to manipulate men, even though there may be uh, something to it. Um, but one thing, if you take the long view, I should add, age of first marriage has gone up and down throughout history. Uh, we tend to compare it to the 1950s when it was exceptionally low. Uh, it was higher, uh, I think, in the early parts of the 20th century. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it has gone up and down with various factors. It is going up uh, now and perhaps higher than it's, uh, than it's ever been. So we want to look, probably there are a couple things going on. Uh, for one thing, the, uh, one of the main reasons that uh, pressured people into uh, marrying early uh, was that that was the only way to have sex, yet uh, that's no longer a constraint that, that single people can have plenty of sex. And so one of the main reasons to rush and get married early uh, has been, been taken away. And the eternal adolescence, uh, well, there may be, as I said, as we put less pressure on, uh, on young people to mature and grow up and uh, take on adult roles, you know, we allow them to stay in uh, dependent roles of being a student, uh, things like that. Well, then, uh, why not stay in adolescence a little bit longer? Adolescence can be a very pleasant time, uh, uh, especially when uh, all your needs are taken care of and you have money and a nice place to live and uh, uh, people to sleep with and people to have fun with. And uh, uh, so rushing into a more structured uh, marriage kind of thing is maybe not, uh, not uh, as appealing as it might have been another time. Uh, I should add, too, though, that the, the idea that men are resisting this, uh, well, you can look at that. I mean, that's how the women might see it, but you can look at it the other way. Why are the women pushing men to be married? I think there's a, a basic rationality in both the men, the women wanting to get married earlier and the men wanting to put it off. The, uh, for one thing, if, assuming you want to get married, uh, you want to get the best possible partner, that depends uh, on your appeal as a mate. And uh, to simplify things uh, rather drastically, the, the biggest factor in a woman's appeal is her, uh, her physical uh, looks and beauty and, and attractiveness. Uh, the biggest thing in a man's appeal uh, is his uh, ability to make money and, and be a provider. 
Well, those have different time courses. The uh, the woman's uh, looks uh, tend to peak earlier than the certainly than the man's earning power. So that uh, as you go from 20 to 30 to 40, well, very few women look as look as good at 40 as they did at 20, and so the num their ability to attract the uh, most desirable partner uh, has probably gone down steadily over that period of time. Whereas a man's ability uh, in terms of his uh, his earning power, probably goes up from 20 to 30 to 40. So his his mate appeal, his desire to attract uh, women, has uh, gone up over that time. Uh, hence, uh, year by year, each year the woman thinks, I should try to get married because uh, next year my prospects will be a little worse than they are this year. Whereas each year the man can think, my prospects will be a little better next year uh, than this year. So there is no hurry. Um, and well, that's just how they do it. And there are a few other complicating factors that uh, uh, men and women tend to marry with the man being a couple years older than the woman. Uh, and yet, as uh, people get older, there are fewer. You know, there's more and more uh, surplus of women. So again, uh, though that that brings the same uh, pressure that uh, the woman wants to marry earlier when there are a lot more older men available. If the man waits longer, there are more and more younger women uh, available. So. Uh, it's in the man's uh, interest to wait, whereas it's in the woman's interest not to wait. Then we also have the childbearing factor that many, one of the reasons people get married uh, is to have children. Um, although people have children, have children without being married, but it's still seen as a better way to, to do it. Um, and there, too, the woman's time for having children is limited, so uh, she is better off marrying earlier and having her children earlier. Uh, but there's certainly no rush uh, in the male. That uh, a woman who's 40 usually is done having children. If she's going to uh, have uh, reproduce after that, she might have one or two, and just to be extra careful and so on. A man at 40 still can have a dozen children in his life, or, or, or more if he's uh, particularly enterprising. <laughs> uh, so there's no rush for him to get that over and done with uh, in the same way. And then, you know, there are even broader questions about uh, who gets what out of marriage, what are the... Uh, 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 what are the benefits? What is the value? Well, uh, you know, one way to look at marriage is it uh, society's way of transferring money from men to women. Uh, certainly that tends to be what happens in divorce, uh, that uh, um, a lot of the, uh, the money is taken from the man and uh, transferred to the woman. Um, and uh, I can see men saying there, well, what do I get out of it? Now, now both men and women are happier. Uh, a little happier when they are married than when they are not. So there's there's an increase there. Marriage does have intangible benefits. But if you just wanted to take a cold calculating approach to it, it makes perfect sense for men to postpone marriage and even question whether they should do it at all. So um, what's been the response to your book? Um, you know, you lay out some pretty controversial things that I'm sure some women in academia wouldn't uh, wouldn't go over well with them. But overall, what, what has been your response? Uh, well, the book just came out, so I haven't heard that much response. Uh, I uh, I did make sure to uh, circulate the book to uh, women as well as men in, in academia before I uh, released it, because I wanted to have something that people uh, felt would be would be fair to both sides and would be respectful of everybody. Because uh, you know, this is in no way I, uh, this is not a, a pro man book or uh, an anti woman book or anything like that. It is trying to uh, argue that basically. Men and women are different in some ways, um, more in what they want than in what they're capable of. 
that men and women have mostly worked together, they've not been enemies, uh, that they're partner, and that maybe they should uh, pre- appreciate each other a little more. Uh, that's my message, and I think it's a very, uh, you know, positive and friendly message. So uh, that's uh, what I'm hoping people will get from it. Now, uh, there's certainly uh, there's an entrenched dogma about uh, um, gender differences built up with this mostly victim mentality uh, by uh, um, some feminist scholars. And I used to call myself a feminist. My my wife jokes that I'm more of a feminist than than she ever was. Uh, but uh, I'm a little older. Feminism in the 70s was open to everybody and meant openness to new ideas and challenging uh, orthodox views and dogmas uh, and uh, trying to uh, make everyone uh, have opportunities and, and, and equality, and I, I still support those ideals. Uh, but feminism has, has moved away from that, as, as many scholars have argued, and has now become much more dogmatic and defending a particular view and uh, promoting uh, women at the expense of men. And I can't go with it on that. And so those people uh, are certainly not going to to like a book that says, uh, well, men and women are equal and get along. I think, if any, if anything, uh, one of the most issues that uh, feminism is really built on this seeing men and women as basically enemies, that men and women are fundamentally at odds with each other and that there's a struggle or battle of the sexes. And I said, well, I want to get past the battle of the sexes that men and women have been on the same side, cooperating more than other and complementing each other and helping each other. The history is mostly, it's not been about men against women. History has mostly been about groups of men supported by their women competing against other groups of men. And uh, if you want to look at uh, warfare or trade or science or exploration or whatever, uh, it was generally competitions among groups of men, all of whom... Uh, uh, were crucially uh, aided and supported by uh, by their their women. So I'm trying to uh, have a kinder, gentler, uh, more harmonious view of uh, uh, of gender relations. And uh, not everyone's going to like that. Hmm. Well, I thought the book was fascinating. Uh, it was a really interesting read. Um, you know, it does bring up, does challenge a lot of things you 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 know you you hear in the popular culture and even when you're at school and undergrad. And I think a lot of men would enjoy reading it uh, and just find it very fascinating. Um, well, Professor Baumaster, I, I really appreciate, appreciate your time. Thanks for talking to us, and I wish you all the luck with your book. Thank you very much, Brett. It's been a pleasure. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness blog at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.